Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Brian Robb, Boston Sports Journal 98.5, the sports hub there. Brian, how you doing? Good. How you guys doing? Uh, I am saying Bucks by nine, book it tonight, and they, they close this thing out, and then uh, all the Kyrie saga begins in your neck of the woods. So tell me how you see this thing ending tonight. Yeah, I mean, based on how this season's gone for the Celtics, uh, that's probably the most likely result is um, the Bucks winning comfortably here. Um, the the fact of the matter, I'm very curious to see just how much fight this team comes out with um, after you know being demoralized pretty much in three straight fourth quarters uh, now, and it's been a trademark you know of this team all year long to kind of you know. When adversity strikes, they kind of, you know, crumble. And the Bucks have done a great job of, you know, going on these big runs to the end of the third quarter and doing it with the Giannis on the bench. So he's around in the fourth quarter to kind of, you know, finish off, finish them off. So um, I will, I do expect a little bit more of a fight tonight than we saw in Game Four, and I think personnel might change in that front as well as some tweaking by Brad Stevens, but. Um, I would expect the uh, the Bucks to finish the job here, unless you know Kyrie, you know, delivers some kind of vintage performance. Um, Kyrie has been the talk. I mean, and and for as much as I understand that people are saying, well, he's missing his shots, he's not living up to what his standard was, or what many people thought his standard should be. The Bucks have also been the number one defensive team in the in the league this year, and they have just basically been in his jock for three quarter court. Um, how have they done it so well, other than just keeping him from driving uh, to his right? How have they done it so well to kind of shut him down? Yeah, it's been very impressive. Um, Boone Holtz has done a great job um, just obviously tweaking. Um, you know, the Bucks are a great defense, but they've also tweaked their system here but with much more switching after game one um, to get, you know, always have help waiting in the paint for Kyrie. Um and even obviously switching first and foremost with them, even with their bigs, to ensure that he doesn't have, you know, a runway to get comfortable. And Kyrie has missed a lot of easy shots and missed a lot of open jump shots at times. Um, but he's also, the Bucks have kind of been daring him to take bad shots. And he's taken that bait a lot. And whether it's, you know, in the paint, whether it's, you know, at the three-point line, like when they do a, a smart shift and are able to can. Uh, contest him early, and it's uh you know he, I don't know he kind of seemed like he had the mentality okay if the Bucks are gonna switch, you know you put bigs on me like I'm gonna take over like I need to make them pay, but the Bucks have positioned their defense in a way where it's not a one on one situation it's a one on two or one on three situation pretty much all the time, and Kyrie is making the right pass a lot, um, but he's not doing it as much as he needs to given especially given you know, how much individually he's struggling with his own shot. And that's clearly been the recipe for, um, you know, some ill-timed Celtics offensive slumps, which have, you know, and also 
the Bucks taking advantage of Kyrie's misses for easy transition opportunities the other way. Uh, talking, by the way, with uh, Brian Robb, Boston Sports Journal, 98.5, the sports hub there in Boston. Uh, the rest of the team, it seemed Kyrie leaves the floor early. He's in the locker room before the rest of the team. There's a lot of speculation about his uh, upcoming offseason, if he's going to be there, if he's not going to be there. Uh, how is he being received in Boston right now? Uh, he's been firmly under the microscope here all year, obviously, and it's been um, for a guy who has talked up the postseason all year long and being the only thing that matters, um, he's been, you know, not getting killed, but pretty close to it. Like, there's obviously a lot of things that went wrong for the Celtics in the last few games, but he's easily number one on the list. And it's not just his, you know, his offense, uh, his defensive effort, um, and just decision-making uh, in the last, uh, in, towards the end of games with switches and, you know, trying to take on Giannis in situations where he has no business doing that. Um, it's been ugly for him on both ends of the floor. And the Celtics are clearly in a spot where they need him back, you know, no matter what happens this series, you know, they need him back for the long term if they want to, you know, even continue themselves a contender moving forward. But there's no question that a number of fans in this region have just soured on him entirely just based on how things have gone this year with the drama off the floor, um, his his moodiness is, you know, pointing the fingers, and then now obviously his inability to, uh, you know, live up to being a number one option um, in a in a key postseason series here. So he still, you know, he has another chance tonight. It'll be very interesting to see how he comes out of this game and what kind of ever we see from him on both ends. But um, it's uh, it'll be there's no question that the hoopla surrounding him uh, for the next two months is only gonna, you know get stronger after this type of series. I thought Hayward was key in game one. He was hitting a lot of those mid-range, you know, popping shots and ended up putting up 13 points last game, 27 minutes, only two points. Uh, the inspiration of Marcus Smart coming back, getting 15 minutes, but only hitting one bucket, one of seven, clearly rusty. Uh, it just seemed to me like they were trying to force some things there that maybe didn't need to be forced. But uh, Hayward is just, he has not been the same since game one. They figured out a way to lock him down and really make the bench irrelevant for the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, it's that's honestly kind of the sign of the last two games when you look at it just in terms of how good. I mean, George Hill has arguably maybe been like the third best player in this series. He has been, you know, keying these game-changing runs in the third quarter. He's done a great job, I think, defending Kyrie in his minutes. And obviously when Bledsoe doesn't have a goal, which has been the case in a few games so far, like Hill just comes in and, you know, provides, you know, isn't even a – you know, levels off it. He, like, improves, obviously, the Bucks play. And then Connaughton, after just a nightmare game one, has been great uh, for a few games now. We obviously had two huge games in Boston, while Hayward and Rosu um, have just been shelling themselves, just not, again, getting the shots they want against the uh, the Bucks defense and, you know, leaving themselves, making the turnovers, making mistakes that are opening the door for Hill. And, you, again, you look at desperation, with Marcus Smart, you mentioned there, I mean, it's kind of it's the case of you know the Bucks have played it very cautiously with Malcolm Brogdon and did not you know force him back in before he was ready. Smart obviously his timetable was four to six weeks, um, but he came in immediately after four weeks and like you said was one for seven in Game Four, missed all his threes, had an ugly turnover again. You give you get the morale boost briefly, but. 
uh, ultimately the Celtics probably would have been better off without him in that game. And, um, again, it just shows you the risk award of, you know, trying to get a guy back versus, you know, trying to maintain some kind of rhythm for your team. And we'll see again. Brogdon's had plenty of time to work out here in the last few weeks. And, you know, my guess is he'll be able to hit the ground running a little better in uh, game five here than Smart did in game four. Well, if this thing continues, we'll talk to you again real soon. If it doesn't, best of luck in the offseason, and we'll touch base down the road, okay? All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Brian, guys. appreciate it. There you go. Brian Robb, Boston Sports Journal, also 98.5, the Sports Hub in Boston. Joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years. They've been getting it done. Call them, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. That is 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.